Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Boy, it's great to be back with you folks in another morning out here at uh, Camp Joy, Wisconsin, and we're just enjoying the day. And uh, Good morning, Stephanie. Now, how are you this morning? Doing pretty well, Doug. What's Thanks. the greatest thing about Camp Joy, you think? Oh, my. I think I would, I'd have to go for the walks right now, just being able to walk around outside, enjoy the beauty. Look at the lakes, the yeah. trees, and you know there's bears out there somewhere. I was thinking about that earlier. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for so, that so if someone shows up that we news. don't like at PTSD class, let's walk with them so we can throw them to the bears. You know what? Bears need to eat too. Bear, I got a lot of fat on me. They like fat. You ever had bear bacon? I have had bear meat. It was not my favorite. I don't like it at all. You know what? It's I don't. Too I, I'm gonna. It's, I'm gonna speak this too. right now, right where I'm at, because everybody who's alive needs to know this. If you fake people out and put bear meat and chili or that's something something that's not Angus beef or ground hamburger and you put venison and chili, you need to get right with God or you need to tell people it's in the chili. You don't invite people over and feed them the local dog. I mean, you just don't do that. Man, I am sick and tired of people trying to feed me bear and deer and pheasant and who knows yeah, see, what. See, I have to stand up for deer. I grew up on deer meat. I think deer meat's pretty awesome. Well, it's and not, let me it's tell not you, a black Angus do, steak, my friend. I think we could do seven ounces of deer meat. Let me tell you something about deer meat, all right? You have to soak it in vinegar for like 67 hours. You have to cook <laughs> it. You have to boil it for 24 hours. Uh, and deer meat is no good. You know, listen. All right, so I bought a 270 years ago, this high-powered rifle. I'm home from basic training, AIT on leave. I'm in between stations. My father's like, oh, this is great, man. We're... Uh, my stepfather, we're going to go hunting and stuff. So I go buy a 270 with a scope. I sit up in a tree. This big buck comes along, this 10-point buck. I drop him. Bam! By the time he hit the ground, you know, he moved a little bit, but I hit him in the head, not much. By the time he hit the ground, my stepfather had his knife out and was gutting it. Yo. I'm still sitting in the stand in the tree <laughs> saying, why did I just shoot Bambi, man? It just didn't feel great to me. I yeah, didn't see, love I, it. I... I could never go hunting for that reason. And so then he scrapes all the fur off. I mean, they take it, they butcher it, they're hanging things up and making hamburger and then putting real hamburger with it so it tastes good. And then he takes and he chops up bacon and puts it in deer hamburger so it can kind of try to fake us out. You know, listen, if I want to eat hamburger with toilet paper in it, that's what I'll do because that's what it tastes like. <laughs> You can shave that thing. You can soak it in vinegar. You can soak it in milk. You can hang it upside down. You can have 17 rabbis bless it and 27 pastors. You can throw holy water on it from the Catholic Church. It's still deer meat. It's no good. And uh, don't feed me chili with deer meat or bear meat or dog meat or anything like that. Don't want it. I'm not doing it. I've lived this long so I don't have to eat that kind of meat. Uh, you know, when we were bro, we ate horse when I was stringy. Oh, see, that would disturb me. It gets stuck in your teeth. But that you know when you're hungry. That would cause PTSD level Well, to there's worse. a reason that uh, uh, I went from being a fat kid to being a skinny kid. Yeah, see, that would do it to me too. There, there's a real reason for that. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I just want And part of it, you know, I had three sisters that back at, at least at that time were spawns of the devil. 
And they used to make me do everything and beat on me and stuff like that. They, they thought they were in charge of me. This whole big family thing with people thinking they're in charge of you, that kind of freaks me out. But we're way off here, Stephanie. We're supposed to be studying the book of Job. Somehow we started talking <laughs> about bears being here at Camp Joy and deer and people eating those. I won't eat them. I'll tell you. I'd rather, you know. You'd rather eat your silky peanut butter and chocolate bar? Yeah, my Optavia yeah. silky. Let me tell you something. So full disclosure. Uh, I went on a diet, and being a copycat that she is, Stephanie followed along. Hey. Uh, four or five days. She wouldn't wait till I became a coach. Immediately orders her food. So I'm watching her come across the parking lot this morning. And I look at my wife, and she says, I'm seeing it, man. Stephanie is becoming one thin dudette. That's all you need to know. Uh, she's, I'm afraid if the wind blows, she might get blown away. Oh, so. right. No, I am so, not Debbie. <clears throat> so, yeah. Well... <laughs> Debbie can hold on to me if she starts blowing away. I'll, <laughs> I'm still a pretty good anchor. So here we are. We're in Job <laughs> chapter 26. And Job chapter 26. And I love this. But Job answered and said, uh, I think Job is getting, by the way, I think Job is getting sick of answering things. Here. Yeah, he is. I think he's had enough. That's why he just goes and goes and goes. Like, yeah. I'm not even giving them a chance to come back in. Yeah, yeah. Job answered and said, how hast thou helped him that is without power? How savest thou the arm that hath no strength? Whoa, he's saying, how are you guys helping me? Mm -hmm. What are you doing for me? How are you helping the people that have no power? Yeah. That's what he's saying. It's ugly there. How hast thou consulted him that have no wisdom? And how hast thou plentiful, plentifully uh, declared the thing as it is? To whom hast thou uttered words? And to whose spirits came from thee? Dead things are formed from under the waters and inhabitants thereof. Hell is naked before him. And destruction have no covering. He stretches out the north over the empty place and hangeth the earth upon nothing. He bindeth up the waters in his thick clouds and the cloud is not rent unto them. He holdeth them back in the face of his throne and spreadeth his cloud upon it. He hath compassed the waters with bounds until the day and night come to an end. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astonished at his reproof. He divideth the sea with his power and by his understanding, he smiteth through the proud. By the Spirit, he hath garnished the heavens and has had formed the crooked serpent. Lo, these are the parts of his ways. But how little a portion is, is heard of him. But the thunder of his power can understand. Who can understand? So look at that. But the thunder of his power, who can understand? You know what's going on with Job here? Job just goes totally spiritual. Mm -hmm. And he's not slamming God. He's saying this is God's attributes. Yeah. Nobody knows fully the attributes of God. Yeah. We know he's omnipotent. Uh, we know that he's all-powerful. We know he's omniscient, uh, that uh, he's all-knowing. Uh, we know he's omnipresent. He's, he's mm -hmm. with us right now. He's with you. He's with us. And, uh, but to understand the full things of this. And I think, I don't know, Stephanie, reading this, I think that Job is slapping him. Yeah, I think Job here, I think it's beautiful because in these, com in these chapters coming up, God uses Job to give us insight yeah. into the time in which he lived also. Um, you know, we have to remember Job, this was, Job came right after the flood, some, somewhere in those years following the flood, um, and not too many years after the flood. Um, we're talking within those first few hundred years, and... So as we go into these next several chapters where Job just keeps talking, he just keeps laying out everything. 
there's going to be some really neat things come out, really cool aspects. Um, but I really, I think it's a beautiful thing because God uses Job to give us some science when the rubber meets the road um, in this, in these chapters. And just God uses Job to lay out some facts. And um, I do agree with you that as Job starts, he's saying, boy, you guys, I don't have any power. I have no strength. And you guys have been a great help to me. (laughs) You know, it's like, um, and he, and I I think it's interesting. Verse three, he says, how hast thou counseled him that hath no wisdom? Wow. That's a really, honestly, I mean, Job here is saying, I don't have any wisdom in and of myself. And I think he's slamming those guys too. They don't have a whole lot of wisdom. Yeah. Oh, Bill yeah. Dad just gets done speaking and pow, he's an idiot. Yeah. So I think it's just, as we go through this chapter, it's almost like he's picturing different things and just making it where we can picture, you can picture what God's doing. Verse 8, he bindeth up the waters in his thick clouds and the cloud is not rent under them. In other words, that idea of, he's saying this is the God that holds water in the sky. Yeah. And water's heavy. Water is very heavy. And holding that and in the God's, sky. You know, he parted he, the sea. He yeah, said. he's showing his power. Yeah. Um, he holdeth back the face of his throne and spreadeth his cloud upon it. In other words, God's glory is so great it should consume the earth. God's glory is so great the earth couldn't handle it. But God holds back the face of his throne and spreads a cloud over it. He hath compassed the waters with bounds until the day and night come to an end. We see the science of how the moon, the day and night, the moon, all those things have to do with um, how the, you know, the cycles of the moon. There's so many different things that he works in here and and the waters and the tides and all those things. The tides come in, the tides go out and how the whole earth works together. And verse 13 is powerful. By his spirit, he hath garnished the heavens. Literally yeah. by his spirit, God didn't have to spend millennia creating the universe. Yeah. By his spirit, yeah. he had garnished. In other words, he just decorated the heavens with, by, just by oh. his spirit. And it's just a beautiful thing here. As, God, as Job really honestly in this chapter brings honor and glory to the majesty of the I, I was going to say that this is the most spiritual I think, answer that Job has given. Mm-hmm. Job's being real spiritual, but, you know, when he gets down to that verse number 14, Stephanie, yep. Yep. And, and then he says, but how little a portion is heard of him. He's saying, listen, yep. he's created everything. He brings the dead up out of the sea. He, yep. you, you know, there's, there's a lot of things going on here, mm-hmm. but, you know, he, he's actually stopping right there, but saying, but, mm-hmm. you know, how little is he? He doesn't need us. That's what Job right. is saying there. God doesn't need us. He says, us. well, these are parts of his ways. In other That's words, right. This doesn't even touch the surface of who God is. This is just little yeah. bits and pieces. And, uh, and, and, you know, I think Job, uh, I think Job probably had a glow about God. Uh, obviously not looking that way. He's emaciated. He's, he's dealing with the scars from the boils probably at this point. His head shaved. He's looking bad. But his speech is, is lit up, I think, mm-hmm. with the spirit of God here. I yeah. think that, I think, you know, glow comes through Christians in one or two ways. You know, you either see it on their face. You, you know, when you see God, when, when God gives you, when he illuminates something to you, uh, and I'll tell you that you can't help but smile. 
You can't help but be in a good place. You can't help but tell people about it. You can't. I was reading the other day, you know, Moses went up to the mountain. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, probably going to talk about that in, in tonight's message here at camp. But so, so Moses goes, goes up and sees God. Remember what happened to him? And he yeah. couldn't see God's front. Yeah. But do you remember what happened to Moses up he there? He was glowing when he came down. He came down. Man, he was glowing. He saw God. Mm -hmm. And then remember how he got glowing after that? How he got doses of God after that? Mm -hmm. Do you remember what he did? He went to the he, tent, right? He went to the... Yeah, well, he didn't... He, he wore a veil, I think, for a while. Oh, yeah. So, right. So people wouldn't mm -hmm. be blown away by the glow. And, uh, but he would go back. He would re-engage... God, he'd go to the tabernacle or the tent. He'd go in the tent. Remember, his son was, mm -hmm. one of his sons didn't want to leave. You know, he got in there talking to God because God used to come into that tabernacle. Yeah. He'd come into the yeah. tent. And uh, the son didn't want to leave. And, and we all want to be in that place where we're having this great, and, I, and I'm comparing that. Job's not there, man. He wants to be there. Mm -hmm. he, wants to, he wants the glow for the rest of them. He wants God to come down and see him. He wants to have that glow where he has to wear a veil. He wants mm -hmm. to have that glow that people can see. He wants to be that different person. Mm -hmm. And you know, when we were studying the book of Philippians, and, and, and I had said this uh, last night, I made this note to myself. I couldn't sleep. I pulled my shoulder as I told you guys a couple days. I'm still fighting shoulder issues. Uh, but anyway, uh, I was reading Philippians, and this is what I said to myself. And you and I went through this. So this is stuff we're well aware of. So I, I was reading Philippians and I was trying to compare the apostle Paul to somebody and Job came up and, uh, and I started thinking about Job and you really, there's a comparison there, but you know, Paul's got the new Testament. He was blinded on the road to Damascus. He hadn't really saw God in any great way. I mean, he's real godly. So that didn't really work that good. But then I compared, so these are things, you know, we think of when we're putting together sermons and, and preaching and stuff like that. So in my heart, I came to Moses, mm. that Moses came down with this glow, he was leading people, and he got, the devil went after him, man. Yep, he did. And he'd have to go back to that tent. Well, the apostle Paul, now, now there's a different thing going on in the New Testament. Yeah. We're in the age of grace. We're in the church age. I mean, God's mm -hmm. blessing folks. God's taking care of folks. We can get the glow. We can get the glow right here. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, think, I think we need to understand something here that we need to plug into God. Yeah. The only way we're going to have these types of spiritual answers in our life, the only way we're going to remember the things of God is we need to plug into God. And plugging into God is more than just reading some idle words. It's, yeah. it's digging into the Bible. It's, uh, it's you know, uh, God, how can you apply this to my life? Who else can I compare this to? Like I was doing with Paul the other night. I compared him to 15 characters within the Bible or 15 people within the Bible. And the biggest contrast I thought was Job. The way Job comes out in the, at the beginning, but then at the end, Job's right with God, man. Mm -hmm. And that's the good news, folks. We promise you that. But, but if you look at Moses had his problems too, but that glow, Stephanie, that glow made those things happen. Yeah. That glow. And uh, ha, do you know anybody who's like that? They're plugged in. I mean, they just glow. Do you know somebody like that? I would say, um, yeah, there's there's definitely some missionaries and some people that I've gotten to meet over the years from the time I was a little kid. Yeah. Um, and I think of Daryl Champlin, John Dreisbach, yeah. men of God like oh, that Dr. that i gotten to meet that you just being around them, you knew. No, Dreisbach, Dr. Dreisbach. Yes. Right? Yeah. That guy eradicated. Uh, um, yeah, he worked in Africa. All those years giving people yeah. antibiotics and stuff and yeah. getting rid of leprosy. 
Yep. Had a Marine carry him on his back to a village yes. he had never went to. Uh, yeah. yeah, glowing of God, glowing mm -hmm. of God. And, uh, and, and folks, I think that's what, if we can practically, uh, we understand what Job's going through here, but Job goes to a good spiritual place. And this gives us a mission. We need to go to a good spiritual place. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we need to go to this place. Yeah. We need to go to this place when we wake up. We need to go to this mm -hmm. place when we're living. We need to go to this place when we're walking around. We need to go to this place, uh, you know, when times uh, are good. Yeah. We need to go to this place when times are bad. Mm -hmm. We need to take the spiritual road. So, folks, I'm going to give you a plug-in story here. I, I just think that I think the best way you can plug. I have people tell me, well, I don't read the Bible. I don't don't understand some words. Well, let me encourage you to go out on Amazon and buy James Earl Jones audio Bible. Uh, we use the King James version of the Bible. Love it. Love the English. Love the understandability. I put on James Earl's Jones sometimes when I'm really, and I want to read more in a particular day. And I read with James. Mm. And sometimes that really sinks in. Sometimes I just listen to James. But I always do my Bible reading. I always do my devotion. I always do my Bible reading. But I mean to augment that. Drive it in your car. Put it on your iPad. Yeah. Run it around. Just plug into God, folks. And plug those headphones and plug into God. Yeah. If we could get anything out of this at all, say, well, I'm not seeing God in my life. Been there. Well, Been I think, there. I think memorizing scripture is huge. Yeah. Because and what's the best way to memorize scripture, Stephanie? I mean, you memorized the whole book of the Bible, you and Charles did, before you met each other. You both memorized Philippians. What's the best way to do it? Well, I think scripture memory via like listening to it is awesome. If you're an audio, you know, if that's the best way you learn is via audio. Um, take it phrase by phrase. Don't try to do a whole verse at once. Sing them. Yeah, you can turn, do scripture songs. Um, there's a lot of different methods. It depends on the person, to be quite honest. I have some kids, my older kids. I mean, we did it through scripture songs. A ton of, of my older kids' verses, I taught them with scripture songs. My younger ones, they prefer just learning them. Straight yeah. out, just learning them. Now, afterwards, we'll learn a scripture song that goes with it. But for initial learning, a couple of my little ones are like, Mom, that confuses us. It's like, okay, that's fine. We won't do the scripture song route, you know, for teaching you this specific verse. And um, I think every person's different that way. But I think that that, I think scripture memory, that Psalm 119.11, thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. And a key to the fear of God, a key to walking with God, a key to knowing God. And I firmly believe that Charles, Charles died with that glow yeah. that you were talking about. And I believe that was because he, he had committed so many verses to, I mean, he was almost, sometimes I felt like I was married to a walking Bible. Yeah. Um, and those last, during those last, you know, five, six years, um, of our marriage, especially about the last, um, four, four to five were wow, because God's word had become so real to him and he had been freed of so much bondage. Yeah. He, he just, and because he had memorized so many scripture verses, and I believe now looking back, those scripture verses had been his oxygen to make it through a lot of tough things. That gave him that glow because those verses were cons. I mean, he had an incredible memory too. So, I mean, he could memorize a chapter in a day. That's where he reached um, because he had been doing it for so long. And so it's just like fill your heart and your mind with God's word 
And the more you do it, the easier it will get. As with anything, the more you exercise those memory muscles, the easier the memorizing will become. And, and, and I think that's it. I think, you know, from a lady who, as a teenager, memorized the book of Philippians, I, I think that's what you do. I think you listen to James Earl Jones, you sing, sing songs, you read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible again. Mm -hmm. Fill out, you know, fill out questionnaires that ask what verse is this in Philippians? I mean, what verse is this in Corinthians? I, 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 think, I think the best thing we can do, folks, and, and I think the most practical thing that we can get out of Job being spiritual here is for us to be spiritual, you know, in those hard times and the bad times. But you need to be able to fall back on the regulation. And I don't want to downplay the Bible, God's word, and call it regulation. But in the army, we had to know our regulations. Yeah. If someone walked into our office and they said, oh, no, Sergeant Major, uh, this girl is pregnant, uh, this and that. What do we do? Do we discharge her? How do we handle these things? Or whatever the case may be. And I'd say, hey, is she married? Uh, if she is, she stays in the army. There's someone to take care of the baby, whatever the case may be. Someone may walk in and say, hey, this guy got caught, or, you know, and was arrested downtown Germany there. He stole some. What do we do with him? Well, we got to discharge him according to this. And, and, but see, what we miss is we learn those regulations. And, and what we miss, Stephanie, is that the Bible needs to become part of our heart. Yeah, so yeah. Take, take a minute right now, Stephanie. We've got about a minute and a half left. But take a minute and, and your best case scenario for someone who's listened to memorize. Tell them what to memorize. Um, I would say for memorizing scripture, um, don't start with the verses that are a paragraph long. Um, start with a verse such as, Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Verses that are short, verses that are easy. Um, Emmeline's four, and she has about 20 verses memorized now. And I, the verse, first verse I taught her is probably the same verse most parents would teach their child, and that is Ephesians 6.1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And just get those small verses, and they're not small. Those are huge principles, huge truths from God's Word. And remember, if you are dealing with PTSD, if you are dealing with abuse, I love the verse that says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall, shall set, set you, free. you free. And our truth is found in the Word of God. Yeah. And the only way to find freedom from any kind of bondage is God's word. Yeah. Boy, ain't that the truth? You know, and uh, using that word ain't. See, once you use it, it's you're stuck there. with it for like 27 years. Yeah. I may never not be able to say ain't again. <laughs> I'm probably going to say ain't in every sermon for the rest of my life. Hey, let's have a memory verse, all of us together. Uh, let's go back to that one in Philippians, whatsoever things are true. Uh, See, Philippi that's a long one, just so everybody knows if this one takes you a while. That's okay. Okay, so I want you to memorize Jesus wept first. So you can say you memorized the verse. <laughs> All right, do you know what verse that is? It's in John. It's John like 11 something, right? <laughs> it's Jesus wept. It's Joseph's favorite verse at missions conferences. Okay, you know what? I actually think it's in 15. We'll look it up and tell you. Memorize Jesus wept first, two words. And then for your second verse, so you can memorize two. And we're going to check on you next week. We want you to be able to say these with us. And we're trusting that God is going to help you say these with us next week. So I'm going to have uh, Stephanie memorize 4-H. probably already has. But we're going to say them together as a group. Listen, we love you folks. Uh, just get out there and memorize the Bible as much as you can. And, 
And you know, all that's real important. But you know, the most important thing is knowing Christ as your personal Savior. Take a second and listen to this. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. One of the more exciting things about our ministry is being able to tell people how they can know for sure they're saved and believe in Jesus Christ and spend eternity in heaven. The Bible tells us there's four things we need to know to be saved. The first thing it tells us is we're all sinners. The Bible says there are none righteous. It says that everybody in the world is a sinner. The second thing that the Bible teaches us is there's a price on sin. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. The third thing and the good news that the Bible teaches us today is it says, but God commendeth his love toward us while we were yet sinners before we were even born, Christ died for us. So we can know we're a sinner. We can know there's a price on sin, but thank God that Christ died for us. Then the Bible says we must speak it in our mouth and believe it in our heart that all we need to do is pray to God, believing in a heart that Christ has died for our sins and ask him to save us in Jesus Christ's name. And you know what, folks? He will. If we can do anything to help you in that area, please send us a message. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at woundedspirits.com.